Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Ion Veterans ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Welcome back to CBS Eye on Veterans. I'm Navy vet Phil Briggs reporting for the website that covers the news and stories from our nation's incredible military veteran community. Today, we're going to talk about how the experiences of one Special Forces combat medic has led to the creation of a new beverage that promises to give consumers the benefits of the keto diet without starving ourselves and cutting carbs. The drink is called Tecton. Now, every summer becomes the season of fitness and a galaxy of brands rush in to claim that their product is exactly what we need to live better. But with a deep veteran connection and research fueled by military research, I wanted to learn more about how Tecton this hydrating functional beverage that utilizes the power of ketones, how it improves physical performance, and most especially how it helps brain function. Because we have far too many veterans these days that are still suffering from the secondary effects of a traumatic brain injury. So to discuss ketones, tecton beverage is former special forces combat medic, Mike Chesney. How are you, Mike? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you very much for having me on today. Indeed. Uh, Fascinating to hear about this beverage because, you know, every year we see a new veteran brand, we see an energy drink, we see something that's kind of making this promise to make you work out harder, make you feel better, make you more mentally alert, increase your focus. And this one was the only drink I've ever seen that talks about exogenous and indigenous ketones, mitochondria. I mean, by page three, Mike, I'm into a dang chemistry lesson. Give me in a nutshell kind of what Tecton Beverage is, what it does, and why it's important to discuss today. Real quickly, uh, ketones themselves are nature's answer to an energy crisis. Throughout history, as human beings were in an energy crisis, your 
body as you went through hours and hours of fasting, when you went through 12, 14, 16 hours of fasting, your body naturally produces ketones as an energy source. So your liver produces them by burning fat to produce ketones and, and, and make energy for your body. So as an evolutionary means to produce this energy so that you could find your next meal, uh, you know, make that next, uh, you know, harvest that next animal, move to the next berry patch, whatever it was, your body naturally produced these ketones so that your brain was a little bit sharper, your body performed a little bit better, just a naturally better source of energy so that you could get to your next meal. So that's, that's what ketones themselves are. So what we've done is we've harnessed what uh, the Defense Advanced Research Project Agency put out a, a program back in the early 2000s to try to find a nutritional supplement that would increase physical performance and cognition by 30%. That was what the mission needs statement that they put out was. Obviously, that's a, a, a big ask. Can you imagine increasing uh, uh, an Olympic swimmer or an Olympic runner? Imagine increasing their physical performance by 30%. One, it's an impossible ask, but that's what, that's what DARPA does. You know, you ask them for the moon and, and, and they try to try to find it. Well, in the process, Oxford University and the National Institutes of Health came up with the first exogenous ketone or a ketone that's created outside of the body that you can take and, and use. So through that research and more research that we've done, we've created our own proprietary version of an exogenous ketone. Ours is based off of a, a very clean, all green natural source. So everything that you get that goes into your body is made from a natural source starts with plant material, works its way through an enzyme process. And so everything that you get into your body is all natural. There's no sugars in our product. There's no carbohydrates. There's no fats. So you get a very natural, very clean, good, solid product with no sugars, artificial flavors. And that's what we provide for you. Exogenous ketone, meaning it comes from outside the body versus indigenous ketones, which are the ones that naturally are fired up when the liver burns fat, right? Correct. Endogenous. Okay. And the liver burning fat in order to achieve this is why these diets based on intermittent fasting or the keto diet, um, that's why these are important because without the intake of quick sugar, without the intake of carbohydrates to give us energy to burn, it forces the body by basically running on more empty of a tank forces the body then to burn the fat that's already on our frame as opposed to taking in the quick sugars or the stuff from carbs. Absolutely. You hit it right on, you hit the nail right on the head. So that's exactly what your body, you're, you're tricking your body or you're, you're putting your body into that state of ketosis. So once you fast, so if you're doing intermittent fasting, your body naturally goes into that state of ketosis. So you start to burn the fats through that process. So that's what a ketogenic diet does, that intermittent fasting. And and one thing that our product does is it it really helps when you're doing that. Even if you're on a ketogenic diet or you're doing intermittent fasting, a lot of our, our own people do intermittent fasting and we use our product to help with that. When you start to get those hunger feelings, uh, you know, at the 10, 12 hour mark, you take one of our drinks, 
it curbs those 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 uh, hunger feelings, and then that lets you push through to 16, 18 hours of fasting. It lets you burn even more fat and, and works out very well for you. It gives you the energy, gives you some mental clarity. But when you say energy on a cellular level, not just a jolt of caffeine that gets you amped up for 45 minutes and then leaves you feeling kind of tweaky afterwards? Absolutely. There's no, you get no tweaky feeling. There's none of that, uh, no, there's no caffeine in this. So you don't get that jolt of energy. What you get is a long-term sustained energy that, that peaks at about 30 minutes and then it just slowly burns off over about four hours. So it's not a, it's a slow sustained burn of energy. It's, it's a good, you get a good feeling from it, but it's not that punch like you get from caffeine. And you don't get jitteries, no jitters that come from it, no sleeplessness, no a raise in heart rate, no raise in blood pressure, none of the, the cardiovascular effects that you get, the bad cardiovascular effects that you get from caffeine. Okay, we'll end the interview with a little more discussion about that. But I kind of want to hit rewind here because the need for improved performance, the need for mental clarity and the need to be able to perform better, as you stated, is something you're really familiar with. Your former special forces combat medic. As I was reading through your bio, in fact, as I was reading through the website, let me find this one quote. And this is from your partner who is former executive with Coca-Cola. And he was a has, former CEO of a joint venture between Coca-Cola and Nestle. Uh, they're a global initiative between Coca-Cola and Nestle's very yeah. story, a member of, of Coca-Cola's back in the nineties. So armed with all that experience and how to launch beverages and how to, uh, you know, take this to market. But I loved what he wrote about you. My partner's been blown up more than once in Iraq. He's seen people, soldiers and civilians lose life and limb. He dedicated his post-military career to helping set up healthcare infrastructure in the war-torn countries he fought in. And while he was doing this, uh, he came upon some research uh, for a nutrient technology technology that you mentioned here at the top from DARPA, the Pentagon's Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. And um, I found all that fascinating that that kind of intersected your career. But let's talk about your career. Special Forces Combat Medic. I read way back in the day you were on ODA. You also have a couple Purple Hearts. Well-earned, sir, and I appreciate everything you did and all the sacrifices you made. Talk to me a little bit about your career. So I'm a uh, 25-year Army veteran, uh, joined right out of high school. Recruiters said I could do anything in the Army. I told them I wanted to be an Army Ranger. They said, why would you want to do that? I said, well, because that's the only thing I want to do when I'm in the Army. So I joined was an infantryman for a little while, was an army ranger. Um, after doing my time there, I went to the special forces selection program, became a special forces weapons sergeant, specialized in weapons and tactics. Went to the fifth special forces group uh, in Fort Campbell, Kentucky. I was there for about three years and then cross-trained as a special forces medic. So went to that training, which is about 18 months long. Uh, did that training and then went right back to the 5th Special Forces Group. Stayed there for almost 10 years. And then right around 9-11, uh, I went to another selection process for a special mission unit. Did nine tours of duty in Iraq, one Afghanistan. And uh, in the process, ended up getting wounded a couple of times by being blown up. Two thousand eight to two thousand ten, I was in and out of hospitals and surgeries and recovery and 
I did a four-month outpatient facility where they do traumatic brain injury rehab, and it was absolutely fantastic. But it was where, you know, you kind of learn how to rewire your brain, how to think the way you did before your, your noodle got scrambled by being blown up. So it took about two years for the military process to go through and, and me to get, you know, fix up all the injuries that I had. And then in 2010, I retired. Spent about two years afterwards working in the healthcare community overseas. I worked for the Ministry of Health in Afghanistan, uh, worked in Iraq with the Ministry of Health in, in, in the Peshmerga area, and really got disgruntled with the corruption that, that goes on in those government entities, not the U.S. government, and just got tired of, of seeing all the effort and time that people with good hearts spend trying to get people help and then, you know, bad actors taking that money for themselves. So I, I kind of got out of it. But in the process, I found this, this novel technology that, that the Defense Advanced Research Project Agency had started working on. And in my mind, what I saw was, hey, if we had something like this, which ketones do have, and I've, I've read, I've got, there's lots of science on it. Ketones have a neuroprotective effect if you have it on board while, when you do get injured or as a treatment, potential treatment after you get injured on traumatic brain injuries and concussions and, 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 and these things. So that's why I started studying it once I found out about it. Went to visit the people in Oxford University in, in England where, where they owned the technology and really got into it, figured out a better way to build the mousetrap. Uh, you know, worked with Georgia Tech, the science lab at Georgia Tech, had them synthesize the process that we came up with, came up with our molecule the way that it's done, and then took the next six or seven years, which is where we are now, to build it from that chemical process into a plant-based green process where we make it all naturally. So that's where that's where my military background worked into where we are now. And I find it interesting. You're one of a few vets I've talked to that. I mean, if you were to tell me that like a weapons tech sergeant developed a drink that's going to help me, I'd be like, you know what? I'm sure he has. It's called whiskey. And any <laughs> any infantry guy, you know, this isn't this doesn't even parallel like the high science that goes into investigating these molecules, testing them in a laboratory to make sure they're absorbed right, making sure that they're helping do what they say they do. This isn't anything you specialized in. So I find it kind of fascinating there. Well, um, one of the things as a, as a special forces medic, the, the training is a year and a half long and one year of it is just academic training. And it's, it's, it's basically like cramming the first two years of medical school into one year. And they, and it's all deep science, uh, you know, anatomy, physiology, metabolism, everything that goes into it and all the pharmacology that goes with it. So as a special forces medic in the military, your scope of practice is the same as say a physician's assistant would be while you're on active duty. Now, the day that you get out, you, you can be a paramedic on a, on an ambulance, which is very strange. It's, it's, it's odd to walk out from being somebody who can prescribe medication and do surgery while you're in on active duty to somebody who can basically put somebody in the back of an ambulance and drive them to a hospital afterwards. Very unique. But also, uh, you know, I went to college while I was in the service. I've got a, a bachelor's degree in science that I got while I was in, plus went to grad school, 
afterwards, which, you know, it's, it's a testament to where the military working hard with these other programs, you know, I got to go to grad school after a, a pretty severe traumatic brain injury, being able to go to grad school and, 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 and get an MBA. Yeah, man. Let's talk a little bit about TBIs and maybe we'll lead up into how Tecton can help, as you'd said, maybe in the therapeutic process of those with a traumatic brain injury. Let's first talk about yours. Tell me a little bit about the day you'll never forget or a day you'll never forget when you were wounded. Just a normal day, like every other day while we were in Iraq, the first time this happened. And, uh, you know, we had a convoy that was going out, just normal convoy went out to pick up uh, some extra vehicles for us. They were on their way back and they got hit by uh, an improvised explosive device. You know, my team was back and we were their their quick reaction force. So we all jumped into vehicles. We had a, a ranger platoon with us to, to, to assist us. And like happens every time we had some equipment that failed on us. So we had to switch the switch the vehicles around. So the vehicle that was supposed to be the, the ambulance ended up being in the middle of the convoy instead of where it was supposed to be. I ended up leading the convoy when I was supposed to be in the middle. It was just a strange, strange way that things go. So anyway, we're driving through the middle of town, took a route that we never would have normally taken, you know, trying to avoid the other IDs. Obviously, we just got hit with one. And we were driving through town, trying to make it as fast as we could to uh, to the other ID site and turned a corner. Uh, three vehicles get past the corner and, you know, you hear the loudest explosion. You only hear for a split second. And a bomb went off. Uh, we ended up uh, 14 people wounded, one killed. And it was just a just one of those days. And, and probably for two or three days afterwards, several of us that were in this just you just are in a fog. You don't really, you know, you're hurt, but you don't know how badly you're hurt. Um, You're just kind of in a fog. And when it happened, all we got was, you know, my my eardrums were blown out and I had some minor shrapnel wounds, but nothing crazy. I mean, we stayed there and and, and everybody pretty much, except for two or three people got medevaced out. Everybody else just stayed. You know, we treated the wounded, everybody stayed and we stayed for another month and, and, and fought. But you don't realize until later on how big of an impact that has on you. You know, after I got home, I was only home for four months and then rode right back into another rotation. But while I was at home, I started noticing I was having to write all my anything I needed to remember down on sticky notes and put them in my pocket. And that was the first clue to me that something was going on. But it took, you know, maybe a year and a half before we really picked up on the fact that something was really going on inside my head. And of course, that's what we were learning through the the early 2000s and then getting into the surge era, 2008, guys were coming back. And as a buddy of mine, Boone Cutler, a psyoper once put it, and he's like in Iraq, you know, stuff's either falling on you, you're falling off stuff or things near you are blowing up. I mean, you were just constantly around blast, blast, blast. And whether it's an IED or your direct action, you know, like a Ranger platoon, you'd mentioned, you know, they'll charge a door and blow open you know the front door the the repercussions of those blasts every single time uh would you say scrambled your noodle is that how you put it Mike? yeah yeah and that's that's the other thing there's so many of those sub-concussive hits that we get from you know just standing next to a breached door i mean we would do on average it, it's kind of 
it's odd to think of it this way, but you know, when you're at the tip of the spear, we're doing 90 to 100 active raids every rotation that we're over there. I would, I would say there's probably not another unit in, in the military that ever did 90 raids besides the Rangers and us. And so we were doing that every rotation. And when you do, you know, I did nine, I've got friends that did 14, 15 rotations. That's a lot of time standing next to a, a bomb going off over and over and over, sometimes two and three times a night. It gets to you over time. And now, you know, the research over the years has started to catch up now. Got a good friend, uh, Steve DeLellis, who's a, a physician's assistant, who's done some incredible research at, at Fort Bragg at the Geneva Foundation and really started picking up on what these subconcussive hits are doing to our special operators. So it, it's put put a strain on our, our, our force. And certainly medically retired you early, um, which leads to the transition. And that's something I want to highlight before we dive back into Tecton. A little bit about how these TBIs, how these repetitive concussions and maybe sub-concussions affect your health, affect your mental health, and affect your ability to think just on an average normal level. Tell me more about the progression of that as you went through your rehab. Were, were you still in that fog? Absolutely. And, and that was one of the things that, for me, was the most frustrating thing. I'm one of those guys that, back when I was younger... I remembered everybody's phone number. Uh, you know, I knew everybody on my team's blood type and they're don't mention your social security number around me because I'd never forget it. You know, it was one of those things. It was, I just had that recall thing about me after this, after all this started happening. I mean, I had trouble remembering short term memory was it was gone. I mean, like you said, my wife would say, Hey, on the way home, stop by and grab a, you know, a gallon of milk and a, a, a loaf of bread. I'd forget she told me anything. And if I didn't write it down and put it in my pocket, I'd get home and she'd say, Hey, did you remember to, to what? You know, and, and that gets really, really frustrating for somebody who operated on that very high level for so long. And then when you transition out of the military, people say what they want in the military. It's a, it's a culture for 25 years. I knew exactly what I was wearing to work every day. I knew my schedule down to, just about to the minute every day. I knew what I was going to do. I knew I was going to get a good workout in every day. I knew, you know, what I was going to eat, where I was going to eat. All those things were, it was a, it was a good schedule, regimented way of life. Even after I was hurt, I still had a, a schedule and a sequence of things that were the same every day. Well, once I retired, all that was gone. Basically, it's like being a, a quarterback in the NFL to be in somebody sitting on the bench in a high school football team. And that is a, that is a, just a strange and a hard, hard transition, especially when you're hurt. I mean, because it's not just your brain injury. I mean, you, you beat yourself up for 25 years, you know, you got neck injuries and back injuries and shoulder injuries and, and you're trying to get all that fixed at the same time while you're trying to, you know, remember what you had for breakfast. Very difficult. And then, you know, trying to do the right thing, listening to what the doctors are saying, taking the medication they're telling you to take. And then the medication gives you side effects that you have to take another medication for that. And, and I know you've heard this if you talk to veterans. I mean, at one point I was taking 27 different pills every day. 
And I just finally went to the VA and said, hey, look, I'm, I'm not doing this. Anymore. I laid everything out and said, tell me what in here is going to help me because this is ridiculous. I'm, this doesn't make any sense. I'm, I'm 44 years old. And I'm taking 27 medications. Tell me what in here I absolutely have to take so that I don't go crazy. And so sitting down and it was a nurse practitioner said, let's figure out what I can cut out and when I can get back to what I absolutely have to have so I don't have a stroke and I don't go crazy. And so pared it down to where, you know, you, now you're taking one or two medications, you know, blood pressure medicine and something to keep your, you know, to keep your, your, an SSRI to keep your, your brain chemistry right. But if you don't and you keep chasing these symptoms like like a lot of people do, you know, hey, I can't sleep at night. Let's take a sleeping pill. Well, that sleeping pill gives you nightmares. So let's take a p- pill for nightmares. And that one makes you to where you can't pee at night. So let's take another pill. to. And before you know it, I mean, you're, you're taking the same medicine that an 80-year-old man or an 80-year-old woman is taking. It's, it's ridiculous. The period of time you described in my reporting also covers the period of time when uh, the veteran community started referring to it as the combat cocktail. And I don't know where the VA is now with respect to doling out all the different meds, but, you know, you'd mentioned SSRIs. I've heard benzodiazepines, Seroquel for sleep. Um, I have a sneaking suspicion the VA is still quick with the pharma pad and slow with any other sort of therapy that can help. And another reason why I want to dive back into ketones a little bit and their response to those that have had a traumatic brain injury, because one of the reasons I love hyperbaric oxygen so much, and I preach it on this show is because it's not a drug. It is in fact, allowing your body to fix on a cellular level what's wrong with it by stimulating the creation of stem cells and generic little cells that will go to the body's injured part and, you know, kind of work on it. Share with me how the ketones work in the brain or share with me just what you've learned in this journey about how ketones connect to what's going on with those that have had traumatic brain injuries. A couple of things. First, so in the 1920s, a physician designed the ketogenic diet for children who were taking epileptic medicine or medicine for epileptic seizures who who wouldn't respond to it. So they were still having these grand mal seizures. So he said, hey, let's put them on this, you know, high fat, low carb diet, you know, lots of protein, lots of fats, but no carbohydrates, very low carbohydrates. And notice that the seizures stopped, not just slowed down, they stopped. So that's why the ketogenic diet was designed. In the brain, the way that it works is the brain, when it's injured, just like anything, when it gets injured, it signals and says, hey, I'm hurt. So let's take all of the fuel that we need, which is usually glucose, and let's pull it up here and let's try to fix what's wrong. So when it's injured, it pulls the glucose up and the glucose starts metabolizing. So as it metabolizes, there's all sorts of additional metabolites that are left over. So as it breaks down, there are different metabolites that are broke or left over, uh, like lactose and pyruvate and a lot of other things. Well, normally those things are used in other metabolic processes. You know, it it takes its time and it breaks them down and uses them for other things. Well, when it's breaking them down very quickly because it's injured, those things just pool up. 
And so then you get a large pool of what's called reactive oxidative species. Free radicals that aren't good for you. And they're built up in your brain and they start to cause what uh, cells call apoptosis, which is cell death. They signal the gray matter in your brain to start to die off because it's signaled that, hey, there's something wrong because we've got an overload of all these, all this extra stuff. So something's wrong. Well, with ketones, when your body is burning ketones, ketones don't put off any of those ROSs. It's a very simple, like I said, it's an evolutionary answer to energy crisis. So it's a very short process. No lactic acid buildup, no pyruvate buildup. It's just a three-step process that breaks down into acetate, goes right into the Krebs cycle. So it's preferentially used. The body can use, the brain can use up to 20% of its energy. It can pull from ketones if you have them on board. So that eliminates a lot of that cellular signaling that your brain would be getting from the overload of those, the byproducts of, of glycolysis, of breaking down of glucose. So that's the beauty of what happens in the brain when you have an injury and those ketones are being used. On a regular basis, if you're just using ketones and you're not injured, the brain likes those because they, they're, they're more efficient. They burn a little bit hotter than, than the glucose molecules do, and they're just, they just burn more efficiently, a three-step process versus an 11-step process, and they don't build up lactic acid, which goes to the performance side of this. So as you burn ketones, you don't feel as sore, maybe if you're working out. So there's some, lots of other benefits that go along with this. But in the brain, it's mainly that they're more efficient. They burn a little better. The molecule of ketones burn a little hotter so that they're, they're more efficient than the glucose molecule. And again, glucose, the byproduct of all the sugary foods and things we can eat. Right. The so the body can only burn a, a, a very few things as energy. Glucose and ketones are the two major things that it can burn. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Uh, tell me a little bit about the journey, about how you ended up going from now. Um, you said you'd gone to Oxford and you'd heard about this ketone that was being synthesized, but it hadn't been delivered to the marketplace yet in the form of a drink or in any form, which is what you've more or less perfected with Tecton. But it wasn't an immediate thing. You guys have been at this for a few years, and it took somebody with knowledge of the beverage industry. Share with me a little bit about the trajectory there from, uh, wow, I found this ketone thing. How do we bring this to the vets? How do we bring this to everyone? The biggest thing is we wanted it to be safe. And number two, we wanted it to be as natural as possible. So when we first had this thing synthesized by Georgia Tech, they did it through a chemical process. So we showed them what we, you know, what we came up with and they synthesized the molecule and they used chemicals to do it. We took that molecule and literally it was one milliliter in a very small vial, had it tested and it came out to be exactly what we wanted. But if you make it through that chemical process, one, there's a lot of byproducts that come out of it. It's a very costly process. So we had to make it one where it's safe, one where it's natural and then affordable. So how can we make it through a natural process, start with the natural material, and then work through, say, an enzyme process? A lot of research and development, a lot of money, obviously, to going through step by step, one batch at a time, to where we got from, you know, making it on a lab counter to where now we, you know, we can make it in 50,000 liter vats in, in, in a fermentation plant. 
Now, how did you come upon meeting your partner uh, that had experience with Coca-Cola and Nestle of bringing products to the marketplace? And in fact, I, I, I want to add in his bio, he mentioned that he swore off the beverage industry for quite some time because he was sick of working with Coca-Cola. He was kind of sick of working on the on the mass marketed beverage industry. You know, he just had career burnout. And then you come to him with this molecule that you want to include in a drink. How did you two meet? One, you know, you got to call it kind of serendipitous for me. Um, I was doing a, a fundraise. I was raising funds for the, the group. I met up with a, a an investment banker out of Atlanta. And the guy invited us to a meeting with an investor from Atlanta. And the guy, the, the investor from Atlanta had brought Udayan in. UJ was what we call him, Udayan Jatar. So he invited UJ in because he was a, a Coke expert, a beverage expert. So he just came in to sit into the investor meeting to give the investor uh, advice on on the beverage product. So we sat through the investment meeting and the investment banker that I had gotten introduced to, I did not care for at all. Um, He just didn't have a very good personality, wasn't very likable. So on the way out of the meeting, UJ and I were walking out together and he just asked me off the cuff. He said, well, what do you think about this guy? I said, well, I really don't like him at all, and I'm not going to work with him. Anymore. He said, hmm, I don't like him either, so let's go have a drink. And we sat down and started talking, and he told me about his father being a fighter pilot in the Indian uh, Air Force and that his father had post-traumatic stress and that it led his, led his father to, to drinking, and it ended up leading his father to dying at a very early age. And so we connected on that level of, you know, his father and my father was also a veteran who died at an early age from from, you know, Agent Orange in, in Vietnam. So we we connected on that. Both of our fathers were, were veterans. I'm a, I was a veteran who obviously does, you know, have traumatic brain injury issues. And and so we just started talking about it. And, you know, over the next couple of weeks, we emailed back and forth. And he said, you know, you might have something here. And that was eight years ago. And somewhere between a hotel lobby, a cocktail bar, some sketches on some napkins, and a friendship forged over families that have served in militaries uh, over That's the exactly course of generations. Right. It was, you know, it, that veteran connection is, it's incredible, you know, and, and even across countries, because his father was in the, in the Indian Air Force. That bond is, is, is incredible no matter what service you served in. His father suffered from being a combat veteran and the, the sacrifices that you have to make and the things you have to do that your government asks you to do, whether or not you your conscience will even you know allow you to live with it. But it is what it is. And he saw that. And so that's one of the things that makes us friends. All right. Well, we've got a friendship forged with a beverage executive that was able to take this to marketplace. I'm sure he had access to all kinds of testing and laboratory facilities. Fast forward to today, and uh, when we're talking about a drink with ketones, where do I get it? Tell me more about it. What's your goal with Tecton now? Obviously, the entire nation is not suffering from traumatic brain injuries. The entire nation does not have um, things that came with our military service. What's in it for the average everyday American? And tell me a little bit more about you know where we find it. The entire nation does suffer from an energy crisis, every single one of us, every day. I mean, how many people wake up every morning and have a cup of coffee or how many people at two o'clock in the afternoon, you know, um, are, are starting to get that decline because, well, one, they had that hamburger for 
for lunch and that, that those, that bun and that cheese on it are starting to get to you, that those carbs are kicking and, and you're starting to get that crash. Well, everybody needs that energy and why not have good clean energy from a ketone source instead of putting more caffeine in your body or, or something that's not good and natural for you. Well, you know, your body's been producing this for forever, you know, so why not give you something that's natural that you would normally produce for yourself? We think of this, and and this is something that's kind of revolutionary, but, you know, we think of ketones as the fourth macronutrient. You know, you got fats, you got carbs, you got proteins. Well, ketones can provide for every person out there up to 20% of your diet every day. You know, your your liver produces between 180 and 300 grams of ketones every day. It can. So why not use this? One as a drink and maybe down the road, we put this in a protein bar or some kind of other food. And you can use ketones as a supplement for other energy sources all day long and use this as that fourth macronutrient. You know, use it as 20% of your diet every day. Ketones are good for you. They're clean. They're good energy. And we don't give you anything extra that you don't need. You know, we're not giving you caffeine. We're not giving you any of these artificial uh, things that that you don't need. We're not giving you sugar. That you know, sugar's a bad thing for you. I mean, look at the the rate of diabetes and and metabolic syndrome that we have in the U.S. It's astronomical. I mean, in some of our demographics, it's up to fifty five percent of the people, fifty five percent of Hispanic males have diabetes or pre diabetes. Um, you know, thirty five percent of the population itself are are pre diabetic. That's a that's a tremendous number. This is something that can help with that. Is there a difference between the ketone molecule that I'm ingesting with tecton and the natural indigenous ketones that are made just from my liver burning fat? Absolutely not. They're, they are what we call nature identical. So when you take this in, when your liver breaks this down, it breaks it down to the exact same thing that your body produces. You're getting into your system the exact same thing that your liver normally produces. Now let's wrap with uh, where I can get my hands on this hydrating beverage, this energy beverage known as Tecton. Is this something I'm going to be seeing on store shelves soon? You can get it by going to our website. We sell it direct to consumer on our website, Tecton Life. Join the Tecton Life, tectonlife.com. We're going into Amazon here in the next week or two. We'll have it all out on Amazon. So look for us on Amazon. Tecton Life. Go there, tectonlife.com. And that's where you can find us. And with that, we'll raise a can of Tecton and say cheers to Special Forces veteran and energy drink co-founder Mike Chesney. I'm Navy veteran Phil Briggs with ConnectingVets.com. And I'll be back next week with more great veteran stories on CBS Eye on Veterans. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Ion Veterans ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.
Get one of the most successful broadcasts in television history on your schedule with the 60 Minutes podcast. Hard-hitting investigative reports, news, and culture maker interviews and in-depth profiles are waiting for you in every episode. Listen to 60 Minutes ad-free on Wondery Plus.